Welcome to Marriage Monday. Uh, as we continue to talk about prioritizing the relationship of marriage, continuing to talk about how marriage is our first priority uh, outside of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Um, and it is the most important human relationship that we can have as uh, spouses. Um, uh, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and schedule to be with us. Um, we, we believe that as a church, creating healthy relationships creates healthy families. Healthy families create healthy communities and healthy communities then create healthy um, environments. And um, we can't do that without Jesus at the forefront and at the center of everything that we do. Um, and just again, super, super excited that we get to talk about romance. Um, I know that romance can be a little bit of a touchy subject for uh, a couple of us or most of us or all of us. Um, but it's romance, intimacy. We'll talk about what that looks like practically and how we can then follow through with all that. So I'm going to ask my wife. I know she's been closing a prayer over the last few weeks, but I'm going to ask her to open in prayer uh, tonight. So go ahead, babe. All right. Thank you, God, for uh, this opportunity this evening to gather with um, couples and be able to talk about what you've uh, intended for marriage. Um, and I pray that you continue to uh, grow us um, in this relationship that you have um, created, Father. I pray that you would uh, bless each couple present um, and and those listening, I pray that you would um, be with us during this lesson. And you're going to be praying. I just caused an earthquake. Lord, forgive him. I'll be right back. And uh, we, we pray for him. <laughs> All right. Here we go. One of the top priorities in our marriage, as far as being transparent, being vulnerable, being able to come to um, your spouse with times of, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is how you're making me feel without feeling like we're being attacked or then attacking back. Right. And, and romance falls into line with that. And I just want to say that we have to prioritize romance in our marriage to keep the the flame, I guess, alive. But we'll talk about that because. Just, let's just be real. All of us are in this room. We are parents. We're all, um, we all have jobs full time. Life happens and uh, busyness happens. Stress happens. Bills, everything else happens. And at the end of the day, we start th thinking about, oh, either I forgot to be romantic or I need to be romantic in order to fulfill something, right? Or in order to feel fulfilled. And then romance doesn't become a priority. It becomes just an act of something to fulfill us in moments of desires that we think we have to go through. So we're, we'll go through those. And um, and 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 again, uh, I'm going to ask you guys to get your Bibles ready. Get someone get your Bible app. I'm not going to ask Pastor Zion because that's a that's a given to us. Either Magali or or or, or, or <laughs> Magali and Victor or to, to, to help me out here. If you can open up to the favorite um, book of the Bible, and uh, that is going to be the book of Revelations, chapter two, verses one through five. And uh, and if we paraphrase it here, but we, we want that to be kind of the, the, the anchor verse or anchor passage for tonight as far as what it is to be in romance 
in a romantic relationship with your spouse. Now, I know that when we think about the book of Revelation, no one ever says, hey, how can you equate romance to the book of Revelations? But the Lord is good. And this is what Jesus teaches. So if somebody has that, either Victor or Magali, uh, go ahead and read uh, chapter two, verses one through five in whatever translation you want to read. It says uh, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, right. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your per perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Cool. I know that. I know that that's a little scary uh, portion of the scripture. Um, but here, Jesus is kind of reminding the church, hey, come back to your first love. And not only come back to your first love, but that there is hope when you come back or that you can come back to your first love, right? The scripture uh, text is proof that there's positive or it is possible for relationships to retain its original passion and focus. Think about that. How many times do you remember dating? Anybody? I remember the dating process. I know, I know it looked a lot different 13 years ago than it does in 2020, right? 13 years ago, babe. We started dating 13 years ago. Come on, somebody, anybody. Um, in my mind, we started dating a lot longer than that, but that's just my mind. Um, but, you know, as, as, a, 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 as a man in pursuit of a woman, I, I, I was vulnerable. I, I wanted to make sure all her needs were met and fulfilled. I remember the process of, of asking her to be my girlfriend and what that looked like, right? Um, because she needed that fulfillment in her life and going through that just to make sure that she was happy. And like I said at the beginning, in marriage, life happens. You know, you get busy. Uh, all of a sudden the needs become sometimes irritating let's just be honest and uh, or they become somewhat numb like you can ask me hey I feel this thing or I do this thing and it's like nah and, and then we start to ask ourselves something's off and I love this portion of scripture because it reminds us that it's possible to retain the original passion and focus come back to your first love Come back to, to, to the moments where you guys were prioritizing. I remember uh, dating and uh, had a couple of relationships with some male friends. And they were like, dude, again, you just hung out with Blanca like yesterday. Again, you just hung out with her this morning. Like, And I was like, dude, Blanca can provide with me with something that no one else can. And that's just this physical connection, spiritual, emotional. And, and I just want to pursue her. I just want to be with her. I just want to hang out with her. And even now... 11 and a half years later, that still is true. Now, are we perfect? No, but we're working on it and understanding that, hey, we can go back and continue to build from. We have to have a great base. You want to input on something? No. Anything to add? No? No, just that um, when people say like, oh, I, lo I fell out of love or I, I lose our first love, I lost my first love. Um, this verse just reminds us that yeah, we've made a mistake, but it's it's correctable. 
like you said. Right. I love I love I love how the gospel message gives us the always the opportunity to fix the path that we're on. And then that's just the message of Jesus. We all come to understand that. Now I, I want to put it in, in in the forms of where Dr. Evans says this is like uh, matter. Uh, for those of you guys who are scientists or phys- physicists, mm-hmm. there, there's three forms of matter. There's a dynamic, a static, and an anthropic form of matter. In the dynamic, it's it's growing, right? Let's think about a flower. That's why I put a, we put a picture of a flower. When you think about a rose in its beginning stages, it's planted, it's budding, it's growing, it's going through a process of growth. Then it blooms, it becomes static, and then it becomes anthropic, which then it becomes dying. Now, Understand that these three terms um, are are kind of demonstrating what it is to go into a marriage and 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 not follow through with the process of growth, right? But we come to understand that because we have Jesus on our side, we have Jesus everywhere that we go. Um, that there are these four key elements, right, to get us into understanding that hey your marriage still has the opportunity to become and be restored to its original, I guess, growth process and become dynamic then once again, right? Because it's, you know, sometimes it just becomes static. Like I said, the day goes by, we, we get into conversations like, ah, again, or, or why why do you, we do this? Or why do you do this? Or we've already talked about that. Didn't we discuss that? And it just becomes something repetitive. When in reality, when those conversations were coming up when we were dating it was like hey i'll 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 go get you the moon anybody promise your spouse the moon right hey i'll go to the moon and back for you and i won't even complain about it right and and in marriage i I was processing this over the last few days in marriage it's it's because or become something that like hey i already reached that goal i no longer have to try when we come to understand that not to be true in marriage it's a constant motion of growth Hey, what's new about my wife today that wasn't true about my wife yesterday? How does she like her coffee? Can I can I tell you what she's going to do from seven in the morning till 10 at night? You know, in, in areas like that. Does she like when I do this? Does she not like when I do this? Does he like when I do this? Does he not like when I do this? When 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 and understand that there are these processes, right, that we go through of of making romance a priority of marriage right dr jimmy evans describes them as the four elements of romance and uh and number one is meeting an unspoken need or desire in your spouse now i think i told you guys this a few weeks ago that i'm working on uh telepathy (laughs) i haven't figured that one out yet um but i'm working on it right just to like i tell the holy spirit just like enlighten me Give me like the discernment to like read my wife's mind. Um, but that's not one of the spiritual giftings. So that's probably like super anti-biblical. So pray for me, right? Um, but there are some unspoken needs or desires that our, our spouses have. Um, I'm going to use this as an example. Victor and Marita, don't get mad at me, right? Uh, last night we were playing the game. And, uh, and uh, we, we brought up the conversation about the possibility of playing with partners. But the game, the game specifically says hey you cannot use or words or even have a communication or communication with your partner during your turn your turn of play and mighty simply said but i'll look at him and he'll know what to do and i'll and victor <laughs> goes oh you're gonna give me the look right 
and, and we are, dude, let's just be honest. All of us understand what that means. You know, husbands probably a little bit more than wives, right? The the little, hey, 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 porta bien look, right? And uh, it just becomes one of those unspoken things. And I think this is where Dr. Jimmy Evans is getting to come to understand, hey, that as spouses, we all have these needs and desires by nature, by design that need to be fulfilled. And in marriage, it's, it's, it's like this. Because we asked the question, what if you knew what they wanted and did it for them without them even asking to do it? Now, the wives in the room right now would be like, praise the Lord. Glory, hallelujah. I will never have to talk to them again. And the men are like this. God, I just received that blessing right now, right? Because the reality is that's that's a lot of the conversations that we have is like, tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Just be super direct with me. And, I, and, and, and on the other side, it's like, I'm telling you, but you're not really listening. And again, this is, these are all conversations about what it is to be one, right? So here is that question. And then this is the next statement. That is even more special. And it is what makes romance, romantic love so powerful. When we practice romance inside of our marriage, we are essentially saying, hey, I, I know you because I want to know you. I know you because I, I've, I've taken time to prioritize you in my life. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I missing something? No? Oof, that means I'm good, but pray for me, church. No, I mean, it tells, oh. it tells your spouse that that you're in constant thought and and it tells them that you love serving them and mm. meeting their needs Ooh. and desires is is serving them so i think that that's why it's so special and powerful i like the word serving it's good good job babe thank you <laughs> right here here's here are the next couple of points about what romance looks like in in a marriage again we're, we're talking about how to how to get our marriages from an anthropic point back to the dynamic um the dynamic point of our dating life or even the growth process of right so romance sends a critically important message to our spouses and which was what we talked about it it, it, it allows them or it informs them or reassures them that hey you are my number one there is nothing above you other than god you know, I, I heard I heard a preacher once say this. If you're having problems with your wife or your husband, then you should need to go have a conversation with God. If God is leading you then to go have a conversation with your spouse, then go fix that because God has given you the ability to go fix that. And um, it, it's giving them that message. It, it tells them that you are on their heart. It tells them that you're thinking about them all day, every day. And I know that sounds a little heavy, but it's really not when it becomes something that's healthy. It also tells them that you love serving them, what my wife said, and, and you love meeting the desires and their needs. And and then, you know, again, we, we talked about this. Life happens. And then some of the next questions that could come up is, how could something that began so incredibly well What's like, oh, be so bad now. You know, have you ever asked, hey, what are we missing? What, what's going on? And Dr. Jimmy Evans says it's simply this. We stopped doing what made the relationship, relationship so good in the beginning. It's that simple. You know, we, we talk about, hey, what was life like when we were dating? Now, I know that we have kids. I know that we have jobs. I know that we have other responsibilities. But the reality is that we chose to be married with each other and we chose to make the decisions consciously 
And even when we didn't have kids or the responsibility of a house payment or bills and everything else, we still prioritized the dating relationship. And all we're saying this tonight is remember to reprioritize the marriage relationship too. Yes, we, we need to work to eat. That was Adam's fault. We're going to have that conversation when we get to heaven, right? Um, I am anyway. I'm going to sit down with Adam and be like, Adam, dude, you jacked it up for the rest of humanity. Um, well, and I think too with, with the, you know, the, the answer to this question is that when once we get married, we like secure that love. We secure that relationship. And to be honest, like I think, couples as couples like we just get lazy like we take things for granted and we think we don't have to like you said work for um the attention work for the times you know quality time mm -hmm. together and so i think um right we feel like we, we we've made the goal we finished the race and i think that marriage isn't so much an end to something it's the beginning to something i i, I had an uncle Tell me this when we got married. He goes, dude, you have no one you have. You'll have no idea what you're about to start until you get there. And I go, I don't understand what you're saying. Just give me my money so I can go to my honeymoon. Right. But <laughs> I've come to understand. So that's what I told him. And I come to understand that, hey, marriage is just part of the natural transition into what Paul would describe as the race of life. Right. And marriage doesn't become this dull, lifeless relationship marriage then has to be a representation of what the gospel is right so it has to be dynamic it has to be full of life full of hope full of energy a continual growth process and um again these are the things that romance tells us but we get into the portions of scripture about come back to your first love right now can we just be honest let's and i don't know if this is like appropriate for this but i might get in trouble so pray for me church um, but we have guests at home, so I might not die tonight. So um, sometimes, I'm going to just be honest, the spouse we're with right now, um, in the sense of having relationships, wasn't our first love. But they are now our only love that matters outside of the kids and outside of the relationships of everything else. But it becomes our then our first love. And this is what Jesus is talking about. It's not your first relationship that you thought you were in love. It's your first priority of love now outside of Jesus, right? So return then to your first love, my first love, my current wife, right? My only wife until I die. I've made that choice. I tell her every day, if I pass away, then I'll haunt her for the rest of her life so she doesn't get married, right? So <laughs> her first love, my first love, it is possible for us to do the same thing in our marriage. There is hope and there will always be hope in our marriage because there is Jesus and there will always be Jesus. I need to emphasize that. I know that I'm a pastor and that preaches a little bit, but that is a constant reminder that we are in this together. The marriage is for us to do this together. So there's some practical ways on how we can do this, you know, and, and the first one is start by paying attention. Super simple, right? Start by paying attention to each other and focus on your spouse's needs and desires as Dr. Jimmy would describe as we did in the beginning, right? As we did in the beginning, what, what are her, what are their needs? You know, if she's communicating to me, Hey, you know, X, Y, and Z, and I'm trying to go, well, that's ABC. I'm, I'm missing something. We're missing something, right? What are the desires? 
have you had a conversation and say, hey, babe, what do you what do you desire to do next year? What, what What's what's the plan for 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 the next few months? What is 2021? If the world was perfect, what is it going to look like? Right. What do you desire to do? How do you desire to be a better mom, a better wife, a, a better follower and disciple of Jesus? What does that look like? A better um, worker or um, co-worker, or a better friend? And, and we have those conversations and say, okay, then I can be the ro- I can bring romance into those conversations, right? Another one is as Jesus told the church of Ephesus, we need to do or we need to do the first works. Someone in the relationship has to step up and make that change first. Dr. Jimmy Evans would say, hey, I know that when marriage gets a little difficult, it, it, it makes you seem like, hey, I, I, we're done. We're, we're, it's over. But someone has to do the first work. Someone has to essentially say, hey, we're in a cycle of, you know, and we're in the anthropic cycle, but I want to go back into the dynamic cycle. So we're going to do the first work. He also says, don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen overnight. Because it won't. Because it won't. Right. Because there's things that need to be healed. There's things that need to be worked on. There's things that need to be discussed. But at least there is progress of coming back into the dynamic cycle. Right. And moving away from the static. Um, you skipped over a couple. We're oh. skipping over a couple. Oh, all right. It's the next slide. OK. Now, here's uh, element number two. Speaking love into your spouse's language. Understand that phrase. It's not speaking your spouse's love language. It's speaking love into their language. Now, how many of you guys have ever taken time to understand what your wife's five love languages are and what the top three are? Have you anybody ever taken that test? Give me a hands up, thumbs up. Nobody. Cool. You know, acts of service, physical touch. Um, quality, quality time. time what are my other gifts? What's my last one? Anyone? Anybody? Did we miss one? Which one? Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Yeah, that's like number five for me. It's not my number one, right? So a common misconception um, is that women need Roman romance and men don't. So when we're talking about speaking love in your spouse's language and our spouse's language, it means that men and women that we need romance every day. Every day, both of us, equally. But we need it in different ways. Right. Right. So we, we get into that conversation. Like, what does that look like? How do I then speak love into my spouse's language? Um, because men and women need romance every day. So here are some major ways a man and a woman uh, need romance in their marriage. Their women, basic marital right. needs, which is this slide. The, these are the basic things that men and, and women look for in marriage, right? Women, security, open and honest communication, soft, non-sexual affection. Okay leadership men honor and respect sex friendship with his wife and domestic support Mm. because we need to do your laundry not always you can teach us (laughs) i do my own laundry sometimes (laughs) not all the time i just wash dishes washing dishes is fun right but you know let let, can can we just like talk about these things a little bit right What, what does security look like for a woman it just basically needs no basically is knowing her needs and desires will be met in a faithful manner um, by just a sacrificial and sensitive husband. Okay, how about uh, open and honest communication? I thought I know we covered that a couple of weeks ago, but you know, quick reference like Cliff Notes. Just having um, regular communication um, around 
thoughts and feelings um, and being loving and patient. Now here, no, no, I hear. I think is where a lot of guys get in trouble. What's what is soft non-sexual affection look like? Um, just feeling, I think, valued and cared for um, as a whole person, not just like as a sex sex object. <laughs> um, through just regular and gentle affection, like just a holding of a hand oh, or okay. your arm around her wa- her waist, you know. I don't know. <laughs> well, how do you mean you don't know? Because I think again, this is this is where I feel like a, a lot of guys get like super uh, uncomfortable with romance. It's like, how do I show my wife that that I want to be quote unquote romantic with her without having her assume that I just want to take her to bed, right? And um, you know, so you had like um, your finger, like you were gonna like. No, I was okay. going to the next one. Leadership is just having a husband who is the initiator of just the well-being of the marriage and family and um treats treats her his wife as an equal okay i like that you agree with that everybody anybody got any girls you got anything to add to any of those ladies you guys good everybody well <laughs> someone unmuted to oh go. magali has her hand up yes magali Sorry, no, I would say leadership would be like, you know, the leader of the household type of thing for me as well. Okay, so can I can I ask a, yes. a, a practical question? What does that look like every day? Leader as far as like financial, like house decisions, or are we looking for more spiritual leadership in the sense of, hey, I want my husband to be a more spiritual leader in the sense of hey read our bible together pray together devotion family devotions and everything else because me and my wife had had that conversation and, and leadership again needs to have a little bit more clarity like you know everything else on the list but can anybody answer that openly honestly what does that look like expectation wise it's both for me um spiritual and all that and then you know like you said financial i don't i I'm not good with any of that, so I, I count on Abner to take the lead on that, and he does. Cool. Am I missing anything? Yeah, I think what Magali um, brought up is, is important. I think that as a wife, I rely on you to be that initiator because I'm dependent on, you know, I may have an idea or think it should be one way, but then I'm going to always fall back on your uh, not approval but words of affirmation yes <laughs> got it because i know so, that's yeah, on your that's language good thank yes. you magali thanks magali so for men honor and respect is huge right i i think that most of the arguments that as men that we get into is because we either feel dishonored or disrespected um especially when it comes to trying to m- meet the the woman's desires and needs right and leadership or whatever sex you know god created men to be sexual beings um we express our emotions physically outwardly we are visually um our we, we we see we see pleasure and that and that drives us insane right and i think number three number four are are just as big as number one and number two we we want to have friendship with our spouse we, we want to be able to be like hey you're not only my wife you are my best friend. Yeah, I can share. Yeah, let's just go <laughs> hang out and do things. Um, 
someone once told me, hey, is it true that your wife changes uh, after you get married? And I go, well, well, in what sense? Yeah, before you get married, your wife wants to do every, or your girlfriend wants to do everything with you, like video games and like roller coasters and everything else. And when they get married, it's like they don't want to do any of that and they're always getting you in trouble. And I was like, have you had that conversation with them? And they're like, no, I just assume that she likes everything that I like. And I was like, well, yeah, you have to understand that she's trying to get a ring, bro. So, you know, have that conversation. Right. But if we, if we have those conversations, you know, friendship in marriage is huge. I can love somebody, but I don't have to like them. And, and we and we get to understand that, hey, you like friends, not only like like like, but you sometimes go off and say, hey, you're you're more than a friend to me. You're my brother. You know, you're 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 ex x y and z for me or whatever but that has to be way more than true in our relationships with our wife so i think that's why that is that well and just understanding our basic needs um without judging each other or rejecting each other because we think we're you know different of our you know of our spouse um but we also need to try to conform them to conform to their needs um, there's a saying in marriage where we always bring it up like, well, shouldn't we become one? Like when we got married, um, and then the question arises of like, okay, well, which one, who, who are we mm. becoming? Right. And then that's where in marriages, that's where the complications or, um, the trouble arises because we believe that we should meet just one person's needs rather than being able to honor the differences and be sensitive and, and faithful and just be able to meet each other's needs um, that way. So I think romance occurs when we understand and accept our spice, our spices, our spices, <laughs> our, Ooh, spicy, like our spouse's <laughs> needs and then pursue them in their languages, not our own. Right. That's so good. I like that. And then the last one, domestic support. I mean, that's that's true. There was uh, some uh, my my sister in law, not Marita, um, said it said it this weekend. <laughs> she goes, she goes. There's some there's some uh, some boys who don't learn how to walk until they're eight years old. And I go, can you can you expound on that for me? Because I learned how to walk when I was like one, right? And she goes, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that there's some quote unquote boys who don't know how to sustain themselves or can't are not self sustaining in the sense of hey, I don't know what to do with my laundry if mom's not here right and i think sometimes that was we we we, we want to find that support in our wife hey is it okay if i put bleach into the colored clothes you know or it, how do you boil water right how do you make a fried egg you know and, and there's and there's conversations like that and i think again that that's one of the men's needs and, and i was going back into scripture earlier this morning and um eve kind of did that for adam you know, it, scripture would say that Eve was there for Adam, helping him and, and everything else. And then they had to fall. But Eve was kind of that support for Adam. Hey, let's just be there together domestically and everything else. Right. But again, romance occurs when we learn how to speak love into our spouse's language. Right. So romance to a woman looks much different than romance to a man. But we both need it equally. Questions, comments, concerns on speaking love into your spouse's language. Anybody has anything to add? Did I miss something? Do you, if you've um, and you can share it in the chat. But if you guys have done the five love languages, or if you haven't, we encourage you um, to look 
around right. for it and, no, and do read, it. Go, go, go through it. It's a great book. Now, one thing that we did learn a couple of years ago is that those language priorities change in seasons of life. Yeah. Right. Um, but if you do know them, go ahead and just drop them on the chat. And it'd be interesting to see just the range of languages we got going in our right. couples. That's awesome. Do you know mine? Put it in the chat. I know yours. I can tell you uh, right here. Your, <laughs> your, your number one is uh, quality time, words of affirmation. Uh, just all of them? No, physical touch. <laughs> in, this, in this order. Um, gifts. And uh, what's the last one? Which one am I missing? Which one am I missing? Help me out, somebody. I don't remember which one. So you got words of affirmation, quality time, uh, physical touch, gifts. Nobody. It's helping me out. You guys are leaving me hanging. It's all right, though. I love you guys. I'll figure it out. It'll come to mind. No, I got that one. That's her number two. Oh, Zayn's words of affirmation. Zayn, I love you. Um, so understanding the languages and the seasons, understanding how to speak love into your spouse for Thank their you, needs Jessica. and everything else. Um, and, 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 and getting into all that. Now, all of that requires us <laughs> to have conversations and all those conversations lead us to communicating unique value to our spouse, which is our next, uh, which is the next the element, third element, the third element, right? What does that look like? What does that mean? Here it is. Romance is for one person only. Yeah. Now, here's the example that uh, <laughs> that Dr. Evans used. And I was like, dude, that, that was like a hardcore example. <laughs> so wives, I need you to uh, imagine this with me. Your husband comes home with a bouquet of flowers, box of chocolates, gives it to you and says, hey, babe, just thought about you today. Love you. Here you go. And, and the wife is ecstatic. Well, come to find out that before he got home, he stopped by his mom's house and did the same thing. He, he, he did that for his sister. His sister did the same thing. Now the wife all of a sudden feels like what? Oh, it's not as special because you weren't really thinking about me. Now, I want to hear what's going on over there. <laughs> Mar 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 Marissa's having a, la a laugh attack <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, there's there's a bunch of healing that needs to happen after last night. No, you just, you, you feel second, like give it to everybody. Right now, no more. Right. So the other example that he used for the guy side was like even more of a like, ow, that hurt. Right. So imagine if a wife gives you a pet name, and the pet name that the Dr. Evans used was like the wife would call her husband Tiger. Right. Hey, what's up, Tiger? You know, whatever you want. I, I know that at Hispanics, we, uh, it's like, hey, que, que onda viejo, or whatever you want, right? No. Well, the, the <laughs> example was this. What happens if the husband overhears his wife using that same pet name to a, a co-worker coworker of his? All of a sudden, as a husband, what are you thinking? It's going down. Someone's dying today, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, again, this is why it's really important that romance is only for your one person yeah. and your one person being your spouse. Yeah, And so doing it for someone else, it doesn't, you know, it kind of what Maritza says um, means that, well, I'm not important um, and it's not true romance. Right. Not true romance. That's that 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 is a good thing. So husbands, it's, it's the language of a singular of singular importance. Right. So husbands, 
if you're gonna buy flowers for your for your wife just make sure you buy flowers for your wife that month and then like you know you think about your mom and sisters and everybody else later okay and we if get to this to bring me flowers and chocolate i'd be like oh valentine's came early Ooh, come on <laughs> victor there you go dude you you have now an unspoken need that has been spoken um so getting into all those conversations is 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 again coming to reassure ourselves in our marriage that hey I'm only for you. Everything that I want to express in my romance for you is only for you. I'm not going to go treat any other person the way I treat you because you are like we were reminded all night tonight, my first love. Right. So here it is. Women feel romance when their husbands consistently say what, babe? And do things they know that are unique and meaningful, right? Now, you go ahead and read the men's one. Men feel romanced when their wives consistently demonstrate their exclusive devotion and appreciation to them through words and deeds that meet their needs and desires. Boom. So, again, women, women, they want to have loving words, creative expressions of affection, gifts, planning special uh, experiences, helping around the house, and with the kids, et cetera. Am I missing anything? No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there could be more, but. No, that's it, babe. That, that list is already <laughs> way too long. Just For men, it just basically means that um, that you just need to know that your wife hasn't been stolen from you by mm. competing okay. relationships. Uh, so, someone would die. Um, and romance is how she demonstrates um, your unique value and priority in, in your life. Right. Guys, anybody has anything to add to that? How we can then express that practically? What does that look like? Now I'm not going to ask you guys, tell me something that you do for your wife because then we'll just copy that and it's not as special anymore. You know what I mean? But getting into these things where you're consciously thinking about your spouse. Hey, what is my spouse like? There's times um, in all of our, uh, I think, marriages where we just like surprises. Hey, you thought about me today. Hey, that was sweet, right? Um, and this is what, Dr. Evans is getting at, hey, make sure that your romance and everything that you extrude that way is for your spouse. If you want your anthropic relationship to become a dynamic relationship, then you have to reaffirm your spouse daily that you're my number one, right? Mm -hmm. I'm yours, you're mine. So here's the question. What do you say and do to answer on your own time, right? What do you say and do? Uh, on a consistent basis that communicates unique value to your spouse. You answer that, take time, write that down, screenshot that. Um, and then you guys can talk about that over the next couple of weeks, because again, this is really, really, really getting into the, to the nuts and bolts of communication. Now, here's what happens when, when all these things are said and done, emotions are going to arise. I, I heard a story once about a college professor who told one of his students to go practice gratitude. And, and, and the student was like, no, I don't believe in saying thank you. You know, everything I do, I do it out of my hard work. I, I do it under my, my own power. And the professor said, okay, but I, I, over the weekend, just, just say thank you. And he goes, well, who do I say thank you to? Start with your bed. My bed, he said, my bed, it, my bed doesn't have emotion. My, de- my bed doesn't have any, any. it's just, it's just an object. And he goes, 
Yeah, but it's at least it starts off your day with a thank you for giving me a good night's sleep, even if it wasn't a good night's sleep, right? So the story goes like this. He gets up from his bed, looks at his bed, and he says, bed, thank you so much for giving me a great night's sleep. Comes back Monday morning to the professor, and he says, I hate you. And the professor goes, why? Because I've never had a more sleepless weekend in my life. And the professor goes, well, what happened? He goes, well, I got up Saturday morning, looked at my bed and said, thank you. And the professor goes, well, that's that's the way. Yeah, he goes, but what you didn't, what were you felt to tell me is that my girlfriend would overhear me say thank you to the bed. Or my wife, you know, my wife would overhear me say thank you to the bed. And and he said, well, what do you mean? She go, he goes, I've never said thank you to her for everything that she does in our entire marriage. And he goes, for the last 48 hours, we've been talking about our marriage and everything that's been going on in our relationship. He goes, I've cried, I've yelled, and I've cried some more, all because you told me to say thank you, right? Which then leads us to element number four is empathy. In our marriage, empathy has to be one of the cornerstones of how we then communicate with our spouse. There are going to be moments in our marriage where one of us is going to be a lot more stressed than the other or or one of us is going to be a lot more excited than the other. But empathy means the ability to understand and share the feelings of one another's person. Right. It's super simple, really practical. But yet that is a humongous thing to come by. Yeah. Right? It's just walking in in your spouse's shoes. <laughs> and that's huge because let's just be honest. Sometimes men here. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, we, we, we can get so comfortable for when our wives do things, we, we feel safe. We, we feel, uh, that life is going on or whatever, but yet we fail to understand what our wives are really going through. And same with the husband, our wives, you know, sometimes life gets a little hard and maybe we might be prioritizing work more than we are the home life or the home balance, uh, work life might be out of balance, but understanding hey there are moments and there are seasons of our life where we have to come to understand hey what's going on with you really are you okay are we okay and then being empathetic to that and to their emotions and saying hey can we just talk about it because when we talk about it we feel safe in the environment where our feelings and our well-being are valued right we we want to get there to a place where our conversations can be natural where our conversations can be hey it's okay mm-hmm. what blanca said earlier is like we're friends so because we're friends i'm not going to judge you for feeling that way and when we say hey i i don't know i i feel this or i feel that hey walk me through that what is that what does that feel like i want to be empathetic i was thinking about the scripture that says cry with those who cry laugh with those who laugh you know, Jesus would teach us that principle, not because, you know, you're you're doing anything for prejudgment. It's because it builds relationship. Right. So look it, through. Sorry. And all of that, I'm saying be be empathetic in the communication and how we can do that then with our spouses. Right now, here are 12 phases of romantic love. Um, and this goes from dating all the way through the loss of romance. Um, I'll read them. Um, but I kind of want you guys to kind of do the self-evaluation of this and where you fall into this 12, I guess, phases, you know, as, as you start dating, you're aware of what your wife's or spouses or even 
you know, boyfriend and girlfriend interests are. You have positive exchanges, romantic interest, high emotional focus, right? Oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to make them feel bad, right? But that is the, that is the uh, empathy that is always present, right? Um, in romantic love, that right. number five, number five, because you have to have that in order to continue to grow, right? But something happens, right? Again, we we feel like we get married. And all of a sudden, the positive romantic exchanges, the strong feelings of love and passion, deeping relationships. Number nine, this is what happens. Normal, normalcy, routine, lack of novelty kicks in. Reality, that means life kicks in. Distractions or disinterest kick in, then we lose romance, right? The, oh, I fell out of love, right? But that's not an excuse. The reality is when we come into understanding that, hey, our marriages can be dynamic, our marriages can have growth. Our marriages then can be something that is super special. It's because we are completely aware of these phases of love, right? So what's it? Go ahead. Just throughout life. I think throughout our married lives, we can have um, this romantic love, but we just need to keep in mind that we need to also have our hearts in it. Uh, we can be romantic and not have our hearts in it. I think that's what empathy entails it entails us always connecting our hearts and knowing that um we understand our spouse's behavior and when we have empathy it's providing that positive Mm. impact in our marriage because we're continuously thinking about your your feelings and and understanding of them right i think that's why the scripture would always talk about the heart and the desires of the heart and in marriage that's really really important that's so good Good job, babe. Love you. Thanks. The result is, you know, after we get on to communicate, what, what is the result? The result is a strong and loving relationship where both of our needs and desires are met. Who doesn't want that? You know what I mean? We both want that. Marriage is about two people serving each other. And we're going to talk about that here in the next couple of weeks is, is prioritizing serving each other, right? And um, so... With that being said, here is the takeaway and here is the, the quote unquote homework assignment over the next couple of week, weeks. Um, why is empathy thinking about your spouse's needs one of the most important areas in the marriage to keep alive? Talk about that with each other. You know, if you lose 48 hours of sleep, it's OK. In heaven, there's no sleep anyway. So, you know, we'll figure that one out as it comes. But. Um, you're getting into these conversations where how can I then be uh, a servant to you? What does that look like? Right. Because you are my first love. Yeah. Especially in a world where just there's a, there's a lot of just self selfishness mm-hmm. um, and just focusing on the self and bettering yourself uh, for your family and bettering or wanting to do things yourself for your family um, where empathy really is buried Mm. and i think that um this is a good reflection question for the next couple weeks right anybody have anything to add and i i have a lot to add to that but i kind of want to just talk to you about that so um anybody bueller any reflections on today's lesson oh look ziana hi ziana i'm gonna go visit you (laughs) we're gonna go visit you in like two weeks hopefully maybe (laughs) <laughs> praying about it um if not we love you guys thank you guys so much for uh taking time again 
we are all working on marriage together. Um, understand that we are here for you. We believe in you. Um, and, and God, at the end of the day, has something very special for our marriages. Yes. And today, again, was a fire hose of information right. and um, just different themes. But um, in our next session, we have just several reflection questions on today. Right. So with that being said, I'm going to stop sharing the screen and uh, we'll go ahead and pray to dismiss. Anybody have anything we need to add to the prayer? No. Oh, that means life is amazing for all you guys. Praise the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. That means 2020 has been the best year ever. Um, but we'll go from there. So let's pray. And, uh, and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we just come again before you this evening in gratitude of who you are in our lives. We thank you so much for just allowing us to have the conversation about romance and what that looks like. What your, what your scripture then teaches us and how to be romantic and what that looks like in our marriage practically every day. Not so that, God, we can fulfill a selfish desire or need, so that we then can fulfill the desires of the person that we choose to be with all of our lives, our spouse, our wives, our husbands. God, we just pray that you continue to be the center of our marriage. We pray that you use us not only as examples of the gospel, but you use us, God, to be evangelists of what marriage is in you. We thank you so much for the couples who've logged on. Bless them, God. Protect them and uh, just be with them in everything that they do. And we pray these things in your precious and powerful and mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. We love you guys. We'll see you guys in two weeks. All right. Thank you, Amaris and Alex, for logging on. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Zain. Thank you, Vic. Bye, Bye Magali. Bye, guys. And Mari. Bye. <laughs>